Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Secret Podcast. This is your host Hussein Talib, and this is episode number 51, Business Story and Value Ladder with Jason Flegel. Hope you enjoy this episode. Please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you like to leave a review or questions for future guests, please go to successsecret.net forward slash podcasts and leave me a voice message. Hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast here with me, Hussein Talib. I have a special guest today, Jason Flegel. Is the founder and CEO of the growth consulting company Catalyst Brand Group and a content marketing manager for one of the best marketing agencies, Motava.com. Jason has also worked as a content creator for uh, with uh, John Maxwell and Zig Ziglar and Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. So, Jason, welcome to the Success Great Podcast. Hey, thank you, Hussein. I'm so glad to be here and, yeah, excited to uh, share some value tips with your uh, listeners. Awesome. I welcome to show. So I mentioned a little bit about you. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do now? Yeah, for sure. So I have a very diverse background. Uh, content marketing, digital marketing, and technology are kind of a sweet spot for me. Uh, but actually, before that, was involved in medicine. So yeah, I was uh, oh, cool. accepted into uh, medical school and dental school, um, so I thought I was going to be a medical professional. I come from a medical family. My dad's a dentist. I have a number of siblings that are uh, dentists, uh, dental hygienists, doctors, uh, medical researchers, so I thought that was my route that I was going to take. I ended up getting involved in doing nonprofit consulting um, as a college student. And that's what's kind of introduced me into doing digital marketing and growth consulting. So a lot of what I do over the last 10 years, I've just been um, getting experience, equipping myself um, with like software engineering experience and skills, digital marketing skills and content marketing. So over the years, like you mentioned, he said I had the uh, opportunity to work with some amazing people, Uh, people like John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar. Uh, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. Uh, we worked with uh, Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels as an oh, affiliate. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Onyx and Gauls, um, oh. Ty Lopez. So a lot of really big names. Oh, big names, yeah, in the industry, uh, in, the, in the marketing, and this is cool. That's right. So, <laughs> I mean, we had the opportunity to work with them on a number of projects, but the bigger thing for me was I was able to, you know, see how they work behind the scenes and learn a lot of that. So yeah. today, currently, I uh, I work with Motava, which is a, primarily an SEO agency, but also mm. do web, web development, uh, have IT, so managed IT support services, uh, and then any kind of digital marketing attached to that. So I lead a lot of the content marketing efforts there. So blog post creation, aggregation, do some um, SEO research, keyword analysis, uh, and then manage the team of writers, designers, and developers for anything related to content marketing. Um, And then my catalyst company is focused on growth consulting. So basically a company is, you know, at at stage A, they want to get to stage B, what's the best way to get there? Um, Mm -hmm. So I have a team of really trusted partners that um, we work together to figure out what's that best game plan. So we actually do a lot of custom software development, mobile app development, and then also some operation implementation. So project management tools, uh, CRMs for a lot of sales and lead gen uh, kind of platforms. So basically anything surrounding growth, like what's the best way to help get that company to the next level? Uh, and then my new company here, uh, Wreckage Sports, we're a fight performance company. Mm. Uh, we provide uh, all food grade, natural, uh, organic products, supplements to fighters and athletes. Uh, and then we also have a B2B component where we work with dojos and gyms. So anyone in the boxing space, martial arts space, um, bot, you know, they, they do some kind of training or um, uh have a place where uh, athletes can train in the fight space we have a success kit that we provide to them they can wholesale our products but they also get access to a whole digital marketing suite 
of resources, basically anything with Motava and Catalyst that we provide, we then do the growth implementation. Awesome. So you, you mentioned you mentioned that you studied medical or went to medical school or something like that. So mm -hmm. what happened that changed exactly from that to business? And what was the thoughts of your, let's say, family, your father, your mother, especially because we all know like a lot of people in all the world, most families that when their kids grow up and they want to go to college and universities, they push them either to go to medical school or engineering or maybe business, maybe business school, like accounting and stuff like that. So what happened? Oh, yeah. There? yeah, I... Um... So I grew up uh, working a lot at my dad's dental uh, office, his practice, and I I loved the work that I did. I loved serving other people, but I've always been an entrepreneur, and I've always had a passion for technology and how can I use those technology and systems to better grow nonprofits and businesses at a larger scale. Mm. So I loved working one on one with you know patients. But I wanted to do something where, you know, I could have a, a bigger reach. I wanted to work with all kind of companies. So I still do some work with medical companies today, which is amazing. I really enjoy that. Um, but I got accepted into medical school, a dental school, you know, explored the um, whole dynamic of what that would look like for my future. And just, you know, after a lot of uh, thought and consideration, decided not to go. Um, and to answer your question about parents, you know, my, my parents, I'm one of 10 in my, in my family. So we have well, a large cool. family. Awesome. Um, Very large family. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So like me, um, I have the same thing here. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I mean, I love big families. I'm a huge fan of big families and I think it, it provides a different experience growing up. Like I loved it. And I mentioned, you know, my, most of my siblings are involved in medicine in some capacity. So when I didn't go the route of medicine, becoming a doctor, you know, my parents were, I mean, they were a little disappointed, of course, um, as most parents would be. But <laughs> looking at my background, they saw, you know, I growing up, I always as an entrepreneur usually does, they figure out things to problems like mm -hmm. I needed to make money. So I would always sell stuff to other people. I would sell things on eBay uh, when it was first getting started. So I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit of doing things. So mm -hmm. my parents were like, you know, if you feel like this is what you need to do, then go do it and we'll support you 100%. So looking Good. back now, you know, it was a perfect decision for me. Because <laughs> if I did become a doctor, a physician or a dentist, I would probably still be wanting to do what I'm doing right now, or I would feel like I'm stuck. And I would want to be doing it even more. So like doing growth consulting and uh, marketing technology consulting is just something that I, I want to do. And I feel like I have to do. I'm really good at it and I really enjoy it. So yeah. so, so you, you went into this entrepreneurial route, let's say, uh, and you started working with businesses now. So mm -hmm. what, what do you believe is... Uh, that entrepreneurs makes them successful in today's business world. What makes people successful? Especially now, yeah. there's a lot of things going on, a lot of, I don't know, maybe a lot of businesses, for example, someone makes an account on Instagram and they consider themselves a business. And how do you see these, these things going? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> he's saying there's, it depends on where the, the business is at. Um, you know, if a company is just starting out, um, making sure that the brand identity is really solidified. So understanding who you are, what you do, and why you do it are really important pieces of information that need to be determined. Um, and then from there, when you understand that, you can really define more of that product or service that you're offering. So every business has a product or service that might be informational products, it might be a physical product, it might be software as you know a, a digital product. Um, it, you might provide a service. Like for me, I we provide software products, but we also can do the implementation of the the products too, working with a company to do that. So and then home service companies, you know, doing air conditioning, things like that. That's a service company. So really understanding your features 
your benefits that you provide to your end customer or client. And then the biggest important piece is what does that mean to them? Uh, Jim Edwards, who is one of the best copywriters in the world, he yeah. works a lot with Russell Brunson. Yeah. Um, I actually you, have his book, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, yeah his, I was just going to say his book, uh, Copywriting Secrets, yeah. I think, is yeah. very, very good. So um, a lot of companies today, they just focus on the features and the benefits. And that's focused on themselves. It's not yeah, focused exactly. on the end yeah, consumer yeah, yeah. or the customer. Yeah. So yeah. if you talk about the features and benefits and then what that means to the end customer or consumer, it's going to get, you're going to uh, beat your competition way better. Um, so that's a big thing there. If you just do a few of those, that's great. And then the next stage after that is every company has to do sales. Like you're, if you don't do sales, you're not making any money. You're not going to be able to pay yourself, pay your team, let alone become successful in the future. So understanding how to have a, a detailed sales and lead gen process is important. Um, I go back to, again, um, Russell Brunson's book, uh, .com Secrets or Expert Secrets, because he talks about building a... And a he, he also have Traffic Secrets, I think. Uh, yeah, Traffic Secrets is great. Uh, that's one I haven't read yet. It's on my list <laughs> to read. Um, but the idea there is it's an epiphany bridge. So it's think of it as a value ladder. What kind of value are you providing to your customer or client at from first interaction with them to them becoming a raving fan and then kind of fill in the dots from there. So like with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, when we helped build his value ladder, it was a lot of free content. Hey, here's my you know, seven steps to the perfect pitch to how to pitch your business to investors. Here's you know, a perfect pitch cheat sheet that you just go down the list, make sure you have this in your pitch that you're creating, um, how to do sales well. There was a, a lot of free content that we gave to people to get them into the email list. And then from there, it was producing even more content. Be like, oh, because you downloaded, you know, these free incentives, uh, not free incentives, these free cheat sheets. Um, now you get a discount on my new book that I have. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. Yeah. As you can see, Russell uh, Brunson, a lot of these other big guys, they do the same thing because yeah. They want to deliver value, but they mm. get people into their community and messaging them. Mm. And then they make an offer a little bit later. And exactly. that's their master class. That's something, their coaching program. That's when they start to make money. And then eventually you have whatever it is, their premium thing that they're offering. So like for Kevin Harrington, it was a mastermind. Um, Russell has his own mastermind inner circle. I don't remember what he calls it, but it's, a, you know, it's very expensive mm. up at that point. But usually through the value ladder, you kind of weed out who you don't want to work with and identify the people that you do want to work with. So it's a really awesome process. So yeah. I, that, that would be the next step after you kind of do the features, benefits, and meaning. Determine your value ladder and then start to test it out. See what works, see what doesn't work. Yeah. Speaking of working and networking, you mentioned two things that I'm going to ask about. First, first thing is the brand because a lot of people associate brand with the logo itself right yeah that's right <laughs> second thing it is it is relative but it's not it's more than that i think second thing is like you mentioned the value ladder meaning there is stages to have with the customer or the client so the second thing about the ladder what do you think the best thing is to start with is it like for example to start with a report pdf or a video or what what what's your look on this one yeah. Uh, so for your first question, I'd say uh, when I say brand identity, I'm talking about like, what is that impression or that feeling that you leave people with when they first see you or hear about you? That is kind of the idea of a brand identity. And that goes beyond the logo and the graphic design elements. Mm -hmm. So a brand is really the ethos of what it is that you're trying to do. So like Amazon, eBay, Google, you know, we know what their logos look like, Apple, but, you know, we have an idea of that feeling that they, it gives us because we've interacted with their products or have experienced like their customer service. So it's that ethos that you feel when you interact with them. So what is that that you want to convey and give to people when they interact with you? That's something that's really, so like for Catalyst, for example, when people interact with our company, 
Um, same thing with Motava. I want them to feel like they get value even from just talking with me. Like I try to give way more than I ask yeah. for uh, because that's a big thing. It's like, wow, you know, you're giving me all of this information for free. I can't imagine what I'm going to get if I start to pay you you know, for your services or your products. So mm. that's the idea of when I say brand identity, how do you differentiate yourself from everyone else in your space, in your niche? And what do you do differently? Like what, what makes you the best choice out of anyone else? So Walmart has a great uh, quote of the Walton family. Um, he said that whoever can afford to spend the most to acquire a customer will always win. So think about that. Walmart has some of the lowest prices. They have a guarantee for a low price guarantee that they will match any price in any other store because they know that when they get you in that first time, even though they're losing money, they're going to have the opportunity to continue to deliver value because yeah. you're going to be coming back and buying more. Same thing like with Starbucks reward program. So a lot of companies, they have these reward programs. They have things like that. They give an incentive. People join it, and then whether they realize it or not, they're being encouraged to come back. Yeah, repeat customer is this is what keeps businesses growing. Actually, you don't want it's, customer to come on once and never come back. It's not a don't think of the initial buy. Think of the what is the lifetime value. Mm. Your the the LVTs. Your lifetime value of that customer is so important because. You know, it's it's thinking about like every time I interact with a company, I might do a few different things. I, I give them free content. I give them a lot of resources that can help them if they hire us to do like a website or something. Yes, we do that. But then I'm always thinking about, OK, we got to this point. This is what I would recommend. Now we can do this for you if it's a good fit, if you liked working with us. But if not, you know, let's both part ways. But you give them the opportunity and. Uh, you you're kind of pushy uh, because you mentioned that, you know, no one else has better products or services than you do. So if you communicate it well, you're authentic and you're trustworthy, people are going to choose you. Mm. I mean, it's it, like Amazon, you know, they lose billions of dollars every year because they know if they can get you into their Amazon Prime program, that's where they're going to make their real money. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, you answered me on the first one on the brand, but uh, regarding the second one for the value letter, what do you think is the best thing that people should offer? Like free reports, yeah. videos, stuff like that. Because like you mentioned, <coughs> uh, I sometimes used to watch uh, Brendan Bouchard, his name is, you know, I'm sure yeah. you know him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's he's talking a lot about the same thing. Like you offer you offer free stuff, you offer free stuff, and then you say to the people, "I have this program or this membership or this whatever it is. If you like this free content, you're probably going to like this one." So he's not like pushing the sale. He's telling people, "I am offering a lot of things for free, and this is paid. If you like to to get deeper into things, right?" Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I usually recommend companies to start with what they have available to them. So like, for example, if you're a service-based business and maybe let's use air conditioning company as an example. So if you provide air conditioning services, going to do jobs and recording like a before and after, hey, this is what a customer had. This is what we ended up solving for them. Um, you know, if you're interested in talking with us, we could definitely talk about doing the same kind of thing. So doing like a video walkthrough and putting it on YouTube and just sharing it with potential customers or when uh, people are looking in that area for air conditioning services, because Google owns YouTube, they're going to see, you know, suggested video uh, search results. So that's another easy way. Video content is one of the easiest ways that you can have a quick connection with people because they can not only hear you, they see you and they can see your body language to see if you're trustworthy, if you're like willing if they're willing to reach out to you to talk about doing business same kind of thing with if you're a product company i still recommend video so my i have a catalyst content formula that i've developed over the years and i i mean just like this you're saying i'm on a lot of shows uh, i do a lot of speaking at conferences i do a lot of podcast interviews i do a lot of video content and podcast shows myself and the biggest thing that we do is I'm on the shows or I do a big piece of pillar content like one time 
And then I repurpose that into different formats. So like for YouTube, I post uh, the long, it's called pillar content, big pieces of content. I post it there, but then I transcribe it to have blog posts. I add it onto my uh, podcast to have the audio component. So one piece of content that I like recorded, I can put it exactly. And then from there, like you break out the long video into short video snippets that you can share, like maybe through a blog post or a guest blog post that you do on other platforms like a news outlet or a forum. And then from there, you have social media posts that you can share. So yeah. in my experience, like with Kevin Harrington, we did the Secrets of Closing the Sale Masterclass. Yeah. We did 20 plus hours of video content. Whoa. So then we had years of content for <laughs> Kevin's like brand, his personal brand to start promoting. So yeah. I, at any company, at any stage, I encourage that you to think about like, what's your product or service? What are the main features, benefits, and meanings? And then from there, you should have an idea on how to create your content. Like, mm. again, for me, I do a lot of content marketing. So like SEO, okay, what are some of the most common SEO errors that businesses make? I can do a video on that right away and say, hey, here's a free PDF guide to do your SEO checklist. So I gave you, this is the wrong things to do. Here's the right things to do. Go ahead and do it. Oh, by the way, if you need help doing this, our company can provide this service to you. Um, and because you downloaded our free incentive, we'll give it to you at a discount as well. So mm -hmm. those kind of processes right there where it's, what is, what is the need that people have? What are the search keywords that they're typing in search engines to look for that need on how to solve it? And then what's your content that's going to get in front of them to add value to them? What's your incentive you're going to offer? A free PDF is usually the best, easiest thing that you can provide because mm -hmm. you can use any kind of email tool to deliver that, convert kit, a constant contact, MailChimp, whichever one is the easiest for people to, to learn. Um, but it gets auto-delivered as soon as they put in their email. And then you start, you go from there. Hey, thank you so much for, you know, downloading this. Um, and then introduce more about your story. So yeah. any company, if you're just starting your value ladder, that's what I, I usually recommend. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, like uh, story, the word story. So how can businesses discover their story? to impact more, uh, to have more impact on the customer and their business? Yeah, I, so I, it comes back down to just asking the right questions. <laughs> like uh, most companies, you know, they have a visionary that is leading the company. So that might be the CEO, it might be the, the founder, and it might be the founder is, you know, the, the operations officer or the marketing officer, it depends on who it is. But that visionary, I think, has a responsibility to clearly communicate whatever it is that story that they want so um there's a process called the hero's journey um mm. so like donald miller from story brand talks a lot about this i highly recommend checking out um i think his book is building a story brand but it's the this idea that your business is a guide that you work with your particular hero and that's your customer your hero or your customer has specific challenges or like pitfalls that they go through on their journey from they're here but they want this or they want to go here and how do how does the guide put those pieces into place to get them from where they are help them go around the challenges and get them there in the best way possible again russell brunson in his book expert secrets talks a lot about that process uh, Ryan Levesque from the Ask Method, who yeah, we worked actually, with. Very actually, good. He's, he's, he's having uh, now like a workshop. And is going yeah, he, now and then. If you have the opportunity to learn any of his content, his masterclass, the Ask Method uh, masterclass is one of the best online courses I've ever gone through. I use it today when I work with companies, but it's the idea of how do you understand what those questions that people are asking. And then when you understand that content, the issues that they're facing, how do you create your messaging to connect what you have to offer with them in the best way possible? So um, Hero's Journey, define that. Like, mm -hmm. what is the step-by-step -step process from first interaction? You as the guide, how are you going to connect with them? What are you going to provide to them along that journey that gets them to you know their ideal destination? Mm -hmm. So. And that's a story. You look at every great story, um, you know, throughout history. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Marvel and the Avenger movies that they've <laughs> created. So it's that it's that hero arc. Everything yeah. has 
here's our heroes. There's, you know, they're doing, they're trying to do this kind of thing in their daily life. A bad guy or some bad thing happens. They need to do something about it. And then usually there's a guide or someone that comes in and be like, we need to do this. Let's go. There's a battle. And then there's some kind of climax at the end. And then if they're doing like a series uh, that's episodic or something like that, then it's, you know, usually gives like a sneak peek into the next kind of thing coming. So and then that's just a repeat of the hero arc, the story arc that they're doing again. So it's this constant process of, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, Christopher Nolan, if you're a fan of uh, uh, creating movies and script writing and creating stories, he's one of my favorite. um, I didn't even know what to call him because he does everything. Producers, you know, he helps write the scripts. Uh, He's a writer. But basically the director, you know, he helps come up with the story and his idea of storytelling is amazing. Like, you know, look at Inception, look at what he did with the Dark Knight trilogy. I am Um, a big fan of Batman and uh, the whole, the whole Batman. I have watched all the movies uh, since the first one came out and uh, till now, but I don't know where where the franchise is going. (laughs) I'm waiting for the next one. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, because Robert Pattinson, I think, is the new uh, Batman in this next one. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I I, like The Dark Knight. I think was one of the best movies of all time. The Mm. the storytelling in that was just truly amazing. Like Tenet, Tenet is a new one that I haven't seen yet. Um, I've heard good things about it, but it was very um, time driven. So. As you notice, like in Christopher Nolan's story, he he loves to share stories of things that he's very interested in or passionate about. Mm. Like Inception, he did about dreams because he's mm. been obsessed with dreams. And like, what does that yeah. mean? Tenet is all about time. And what does that mean? Interstellar, oh. you know, was about space and so, relativity. And so mm. I, I love how he does like Interstellar is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just the, the storytelling and then the the way that you lead people on that journey with you is amazing. So think about that, like and apply it to your business. How do you <laughs> use that same kind of storytelling and that same kind of experience? Now, you can't do it, you know, at that same kind of level if <laughs> unless you're already at like a multi-million dollar business or a billion dollar business but what can you do at your current level that you're at and provide an experience or value to that ideal client or customer yeah so how how do you see the things that facing entrepreneurs affecting the growth or the decline or the stability of their business because what what uh, what do you think the challenges are facing entrepreneurs speaking of the story yeah, I mean, specifically with the story, it's just like it's it's a, it's it's a requirement. You have to have it. <laughs> if mm. you don't, if you don't have a clearly defined story, and that's again your brand identity, your brand ethos, um, you aren't able to do the three important things of your business, which come next, and that is your sales and lead generation, your marketing, and then your operations. So sales and lead gen is all about selling your product or service. So you have to use your story to sell what it is that you have. Uh, Marketing is all about messaging, like producing content, messaging around using SEO, you know, video marketing, text message marketing, email marketing, whatever it is that is the common. You you need to think about where people hang out. You know, who, who are those customers or clients and where are they hanging out? Do the research, find out where they're at. And then marketing's job is to produce messaging materials, content, value, free free content, paid content directly to them where they're hanging out and using SEO to do it again in the right way. And then operations is all about systems. Like how are you managing with the CRM, all of those content, uh, contacts that come in, the leads that come in, um, project management. How are you managing finances? How are you managing your team? Mm-hmm. I love to tell people you're only as good as your team that you surround yourself with. So like, how are you doing project management? How are you like uh, adding in uh, accountability and things like that on, this is our future direction. We need to track our progress. You know, what gets measured, what gets managed, uh, it gets done. (laughs) So those are some of the big challenges that a lot of companies face. So develop your story. If you don't have a story, develop it. And then sales, marketing, and operations, having those uh, silos of the company clearly defined are really important. Mm. Whenever I work with a company, it's usually one of those four areas or more that they have challenges with. 
and then mm. we work with them to solve those challenges in there. Like with operations, it might be they need a new website because their SEO is horrible, their page speed is horrible. Uh, <laughs> they have, you know, they we've found that their audience is younger or the majority of their traffic is on mobile devices. Well, maybe let's create a mobile app that delivers mm. value to them, content uh, to them based on, you know, what they're already interacting with and where they're. So a lot of the, where are they hanging out? Do the research. Yeah. Let's see that. And then what can we build or what can we improve that we already have to, you know, not only make more money, but better serve the customer. Okay. So to speaking serve. of marketing and where do your people hang out and where are they? So what do you see businesses, the pitfalls they, they are doing now? Because, for example, social media in general, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and a lot of social media channels now, right? So what are the pitfalls our business is making now? Should yeah, they focus I, on a certain channel or how exactly do you see that? Yeah, great, great, great question. Because um, a lot of businesses think that they need to be doing a lot of social media and that's not the case. Um, the most successful companies, they focus on building their own community and their own community that, your own, that you own, the business owns, is usually in the form of an email list. So in terms of plat building a platform and building the company for long-term success is getting them in your contact list, your database, your CRM that you have, because when they're in there, then you have the ability, you have a captive audience. It's like going to uh, speak at a conference. You have, like think about doing this physically. Like if I wanted to go like one of my videos on YouTube has like 50,000 views. If I wanted to speak to 50,000 people, I have to go to this massive arena and try to get like corral everyone to get there. They all have to go to the same time, but I can do that digitally today. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. You want to have a captive audience through your email, uh, email list or your CRM. Like we have a custom CRM that we've built for companies where it does all the automation for you. It's like, handles uh, email newsletters, the text message marketing, the sales uh, sales funnels and everything because getting the people into that community first is the most important thing. So again, you have to have tremendous value like, hey, here's, you know, a hundred of my best email newsletter templates I've ever used. Here's, you know, 10 of my best blog post uh, email templates I've ever used. It's generated millions of traffic views on Google. So things like that where it's like, whoa, who wouldn't want to have those kind of insights? And then when they get into your email list, you just continue adding value. Hey, here's a little bit about my story of why I created Catalyst, or this is why I joined the team at Motop. And you know, you're know, you're sharing a story. You're leading them along this journey where at, eventually I'm like, hey, you know, we've, we've talked with you a little bit about some of these things, and it's probably things that you're dealing with uh, your business right now. Well, guess what? We created a free mini series to go through this. And then at the end of it, it's like, you know, purchase our online course or mm -hmm. schedule a free consultation with our, with our consulting company. And we'd love to hear more about the challenges that you're facing and how we could potentially, you know, work with you to solve it. So mm -hmm. biggest thing is focus on what generates an ROI for the company. Social media marketing has a two to 3% conversion rate on average. Mm -hmm. Email, if you do it right, has around a 30%. Conversion mm, cool. Okay. So it's like I'm getting ten times, uh, you know, or more yeah. uh, improvement with an email and having a captive audience compared to social media. So a lot of companies are just, in my opinion, wasting money on social media, thinking it's going to get conversions. Now, social media is terrific for uh, trying to produce viral content, showing people that you're there and that you're active. Uh, you're trustworthy. So in terms of authenticity and, and vulnerability and being trustworthy, social media is terrific. But in terms of like generating an ROI for the company, probably not. Um, unless you can be out in the front early on, like with TikTok. Mm. Uh, a lot of people who are early creators, they got out in front. And now they're using it to get a really good ROI. Same thing with YouTube. People who got in early, they had a huge advantage. It's much harder to get a, a following on YouTube now with high subscriber unless you do it right and you're producing a lot of content and have yeah. very good technical SEO to get people in. Um, same kind of thing with um, Clubhouse, the audio chat room. 
So I'm, I've been on Clubhouse. I was one of the first people on uh, in their beta group. Um, I, I made a name for myself because I, I started creating rooms on mm. like market, marketing topics, business book topics, and it blew up just because I'm delivering value to people. But more importantly, it was a very small, close-knit group of people. And then now, you know, there's millions and millions of people on Clubhouse using it. So it's much harder to get your name out there and kind of get a footing uh, to get, you know, potential customers, clients in. So uh, and usually when you're trying to fake yourself, um, like when people go online and they do videos and stuff and they're like, oh, buy my product. Like people, the customers can see through that. So <laughs> think about the value that you're offering yeah. first and then be like, by the way, you know, this is what this is why I created you know such and such product or our mm -hmm. service that we do. So it's it's just mo way more of a um, open, inviting kind of uh, mm -hmm. an ask rather than hey, you need to buy this now. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned like your own platform. So uh, earlier today, I was reading a, an article about Instagram and how it's like declining. I don't know how that's much true, but I experienced it myself. In my own Instagram account, it was going up very fast. I left it for a while and didn't post that much. And now when I, I am posting again, it's like the engagement is low. It's not reaching like the organic reach itself, like Facebook and stuff like that. It's it's not very good anymore. <laughs> so yeah. having, having, like you mentioned, an email list is something that is uh, could be considered your own thing to have the best yeah. thing that you can do to build the business right for sure and most of the good companies on social media that do a lot of promotion they push people to some kind of thing that gets them onto their email list <laughs> so like if it's a free download or a free piece of content oh you got to go to this page to give your email so the whole focus is on yeah they've got a captive audience but they're using that audience to then get them into some kind of other mm. database that they can use in the future so and to your point you know instagram they constantly are changing their algorithm it was a huge change relatively recently months back they they changed it where they launched reels um mm. so if you are producing content on instagram reels um using reels to produce your videos is really, really good. Um, so I've been testing out a lot of TikTok videos uh, mm -hmm. and then reels um, to see just what performs, what doesn't, what works and what doesn't. But again, if if you're just starting out, like you've got to generate sales and lead uh, leads. So using an email list and having some kind of incentives to get people on there is a great starting point. As you start to get in some people and uh, make some money, do some sales, you're able to have a little bit of bandwidth and flexibility to explore other things and do some testing. Mm. I recommend companies to try to self-fund their growth as much as they can. And usually that's, hey, what's our low-hanging fruit opportunities? What's easily accessible to us? Let's try it, figure out what works. And then when we make some money from it, let's devote you know X amount of dollars to that to do our phase two kind of testing and, and potential other ways that we can grow. Mm, yeah. Actually, I tried, I discovered the reels on Instagram <laughs> relatively new, so I was posting a little bit, but I guess this, this kind of thing needs like a lot of views. Uh, like you said, you test, so I tested, I post some here and there. Some does not get views at all, like stays zero, one, two. Some reaches like one, two thousands, that the maximum is, I think, about, I got about two thousand like views. But but I think in Reels, for example, you need a lot more than that because when I see two thousand views, you don't see a lot of people li even liking or following uh, a few. Yeah, right. So you need like like 10,000, 100,000 to get on your reel to get real engagement and real. So, yeah, social media is getting, I don't know the word, maybe tougher and tougher. That's right. Well, here's the thing like yesterday, I was doing a lot of research into it because uh, one of the, the big things that we have companies and clients reaching out to us on is building a clubhouse like app for mm. their business. And I, I had to do a lot of research into that just for the projects that we were doing for these companies. And Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, a lot of the major, um, uh, what's the other one, uh, WeChat, um, mm. a lot of the major um, social media platforms, chat, 
tools, they're, they're going to be rolling out this audio room feature. So that's going to be, I always tell people, if you want to see the future of what's going to be important, look at what companies are currently investing in and mm. what they're telling their teams to work on. Because mm. that's going to be released but, in like yeah. six months to a yeah, year. Yeah, but I see a lot, speaking what working on, lot, because the concept of, for example, Reels on Instagram came out, I think, from TikTok. So they, yeah. they, they're exactly. like taking now from each other. So okay. they want to keep people in that platform. They don't want them to go to, to, exactly. another, to another one. That's exactly. so, so that's, yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing with Clubhouse of why it was so successful. You have a very captive audience. Of, yeah. It's very close-knit. It's like very intimate rooms. Like they have ma massive rooms. Like they're ma the largest rooms that you can have are what, 5,000 people in there. So that you can have large rooms. But the best rooms, in my opinion, are the ones that are like, you know, 10 to 20, 30 people in there. Because then you have the opportunity to really talk to everyone and get to mm -hmm. know everyone. So having that in the moment ability to talk with people is huge. Like we're, we're building a custom social network for a company now. And they wanted this like ability to have rooms where the people in their social network can be like, hey, I want to create rooms. I want to talk with, you know, so-and-so that we're going through the same online courses. We've been talking in groups online. I'd love to just, you know, talk with them rather than ch mm. typing on the keyboard or something, you know. So having that feature of better connecting with people is is important. And yeah. if, if that keeps you on the platform, that's yeah, absolutely. What, what do you what, lifetime value? What do you think about live streaming in general, whether it's on YouTube or uh, other? Live is, streaming is, it, is, is it is it a good thing to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Live streaming is a very good thing to do if it's a good fit for your business. Some companies, um, you know, I it doesn't make sense to do like if you if you are a air conditioning company, again, I keep using that example. I don't think it's good necessarily to do uh, live content because, you know, you're, you need to think about where are your ideal clients or customers hanging out at. And is live streaming going to be a good place to do it? Mm. I like to do live streaming for my audience because there's a good amount of people who listen to podcasts, who watch YouTube shows on how to grow their company or how to develop you know, new software, things like that. So I like to do um, live streaming content. Now for a lot of online course launches that we've done, doing live streaming is amazing. Like when we did Secrets of Closing the Sale Masterclass, Kevin, Harrington, a few of the other people who were on camera we would be going live behind the scenes. Um, sometimes it was pre-recorded and we, were, we would release it as a live video. Um, there's a lot of flexibility that you can do there with it, but it is absolutely amazing if it makes sense for your company uh, mm -hmm. to do it. I do it a lot because I can not only interact with people live, but then that's my pillar content. Like we talked about earlier, mm. I can then repurpose it for yeah, exactly. a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like me, you know, uh, recording the videos now, I, I chop them down and have highlights to post, in, for example, Instagram, Pinterest. Because yeah. I, I saw that Instagram, for example, uh, when you upload the whole video for like 30 minutes, it's not that good when you upload a chunk of the video, like one, two, three minutes maximum, yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Like Gary, Gary V um, mm. is a huge, a great model to follow for that because he has this podcast show, and if you're subscribed to his show, you already can kind of see he does the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he I saw him video he, and records and yeah, he, uses it all for different. Yeah, I actually, I think one time I listened to one of his episodes, and in that episode, I think he directed uh, people to go to download some kind of a PDF or a slideshow. Mm -hmm. In that slideshow, he explains like uh, when you, for example, recording uh, this uh, video for like 20, 30 minutes or more or an hour, you can upload it, for example, on YouTube, and then you can chop it down and use the audio bits, audio bits of video yeah. here and there. Use some codes. So yeah, it's it's, it's like you mentioned, content for uh, for right. another week or another month. Absolutely right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's very valuable. Like think yeah. about it. Like Gary's. Like Gary has a team of 21 people who just do that for him, repurposing all the content. So he produces tons of content, you know, every day. So it makes sense to have someone that does that. So 
like to your point though with Instagram specifically, um, you know, he his team, his designers design all those short video pieces and then mm-hmm. they direct them to, you know, the hey, go on, you know, Apple Podcasts and listen to this or go on my website or the show uh, website to to listen to this in more detail. So it's quick snippet. Like Grant Cardone's been doing a lot of it too recently. Um, short form video, a snippet on, hey, here's my key takeaways, and then give people the opportunity if you want to le- uh, learn more, listen yeah. or watch the full exactly. video. So. Okay, cool. So what do you think businesses should do to stay or grow their businesses? Yeah, I mean, I, I always recommend asking the right questions and work backwards from there. So like I'm data oriented. So I come like we talked about early on, you saying mm-hmm. I, I come from a data background, research background. So, you know, looking at data analytics is really important. So like with your website, look at Google Analytics, look at Google Search Console to see how your search traffic uh, is performing with the keywords that people type in to find your content online. And then usually from there, when you do look at the analytics, like on social media, your email, your website, wherever you have things out there that you can kind of track, look at the numbers and see what is performing, what's not, and then lean more into what's working and, and, and kind of minimize what's not working. Mm. Uh, that's the easiest kind of low-hanging fruit opportunity. So like I work with a lot of um, uh, AI, machine learning, computer manufacturers to produce content for them. And we look at the Google Analytics every week to see what are our best performing keywords in Google Search Console. And we use Ahrefs to do a lot of the SEO um, research and analytics, too. Uh, We look at that and then we're like, hey, you know, this one wasn't very good uh, over this period of time. Maybe we should scale that back. This one did really well. And then when we published it on other online publications, it got a lot of traffic. So this is something that we should probably lean more into here soon. Uh, and then the bigger picture is you also look at evergreen uh, kind of content because some mm-hmm. things might be trending and that's great. You get a quick hit, get some traffic in, but evergreen content is really important too. That's long-term growth. It's common things that people are always want to wanting to know more about. Like if I talk about a specific algorithm change that Instagram did in like June of 2021, that's not going to be relevant, you know, over a period of time. So, mm-hmm. but if I talk about common things that social media platforms change in their algorithms and what to watch out for, that's more evergreen than, you know, a specific date, specific mm-hmm. kind of platform. So yeah, because, those are important uh, things to think about too. Yeah. Because they keep updating. <laughs> so even on uh, YouTube, for example, I, I uploaded a video on YouTube like two years ago and had no views at all. <laughs> Yep. And, and uh, like six months ago, suddenly went to 5,000 views in like five days or something. So you, you, this kind of algorithm, social media nowadays, uh, too much going on. I don't even, I don't even look at them. <laughs> yeah, most of it, if, if you have uh, the opportunity, to, if you want to do social media, the, the best, uh, my best recommendations for platforms are to do YouTube. Pinterest and Facebook. Uh, Facebook mm. still, you know, it's it gets a bad rap, but they're still the, the uh, best. A lot, a lot of people there, yeah. And Pinterest and, because it works like uh, like a search engine. It's not like exactly. uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So YouTube, you get a lot of the SEO um, perspective, uh, important pieces, and then uh, Pinterest. Yeah, like to your point, you're saying it's a search engine. So mm. putting content up there is going to be evergreen. Like social media, when you put posts up there, it's not relevant after a period of time, you know, a week or two weeks, uh, usually probably uh, much shorter in a lot of cases. But um, if you regularly reshare it, like when I do content calendars for companies, um, we try to reshare like top performing content over a period of time just because it was people were interested in it. And if it's, again, evergreen, it makes sense to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's good <laughs> to focus on all the platforms. You need to focus on what's relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends, um, out in California, uh, he does, um, he has VA, he has a VA company. So, um, uh, thousands of VAs, businesses can hire them to like outsource their work and, and augment their team. Well, he wanted to test out TikTok, So he bought this crazy gaming chair. Um, mm-hmm. and on TikTok, he became like an influencer 
because all these younger kids were like obsessed with him. So, but now the younger kids that are college age, high school, they all want to be influencers on YouTube. They all want to start their own businesses and be entrepreneurs. It's the perfect market for him because then he can go, Hey, you guys are all producing all this content. I have my VAs that can edit all of your content. We can post it on social media for you. We can add it to your email list. So, he was getting millions and millions of views from his content and it, he tested it out and it worked. It was something funny and people were like, this is hilarious. I want to learn more about this guy. <laughs> so like that kind of thing, it made sense for him to do TikTok. So just do whatever you feel comfortable with. Like, mm -hmm. like for me, I love to write, but I also love to be on video and podcast. So that's what I like to stick to. And then I transcribe it to do my blog content. Other people just like to write, you know, on their keyboard and, and produce blog content. So you got to do what's comfortable for you, but then you also have to think about the important thing, where are your clients or customers hanging out, and you got to be there. Yeah, and exactly. if it's not you, who are you going to have in the company you know, <laughs> to do that for you? <laughs> so what, what would you say one takeaway from uh, this, what we are talking about here? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is get clarity on your story. Um, and I'll, I'll leave, uh, I think my, uh, my favorite quote by Zig Ziglar, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. So that <laughs> yeah. comes back to story, be really clear on your story. And then how are you going to help people get what they want? They have a challenge. They have, they want to lose weight. You know, you might have a fitness program. You might have a fitness product. How are you going to communicate to them? How can I serve you? You know, I'm not here to sell products. I'm here to serve you. And then, by the way, when we help you solve your problem, if this is a good fit for you, you know, let's talk about it. Purchase my product or mm -hmm. purchase my service. You know, so think about that. Lead with serving others first rather than how can I serve myself? You're always going to win in the end, even if you don't get them as a customer or a client. Exactly. So where can people get in touch with you, Jason? So easiest way for people to get uh, connected with me is catalystbrandgroup.com. Um, I know we talked a lot about content today, Hussein. So if you go to my website under services, I actually have Catalyst content and I have, I give away, this is part of my value ladder, full transparency. <laughs> uh, I give away a lot of my best content marketing templates, um, like content checklists and cheat sheets. So you put in your email and it gets sent right to your inbox. So if you want like a lot of blog templates, video scripts, some of my best performance. So if I had to put a number on it, like this is worth at least a few thousand dollars of my best information for templates. And then like all of this content together has collectively, I think, generated like 50 plus mil uh, in revenue. So like it's really valuable. So yeah. I highly recommend people checking out. Um, and then, you know, I've got a personal website, thejasonflagel.com. Uh, you can check out Motava too at M-O-T-A-V-A. Um, and then Wreckage Sports Fight Performance Company. Going to be doing a lot of amazing things here sometime soon in the near future. We're putting the marketing together there, but that's Wreckage, W-R-E-C-K-A-G-E sports.com. So cool. I highly recommend checking that one out. <laughs> awesome, awesome, great. Thank you, Jason, for being here today with me on the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you so much, Jason, for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.